Hey everyone, welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club and podcast. I am so excited to launch our new Undiscovered Craft Beer City with you all today for the month of November. It is going to be Birmingham, Alabama. And today we are tasting two beers from Good People Brewing Company. The first one we're going to open is the Muchacho Mexican Lager, and then we're going to try their Mumbai Rye IPA. It's the first time we've had a Rye IPA on the show, so I can't wait to share this one with you all. And we're going to be speaking with David Karn, brewery and distillery attorney and counsel for the Alabama Brewers Guild. He has some amazing stories about the beer scene there, so definitely stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled podcast and beer club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are launching our new craft beer city today. All of our beer club members already know what it is. It is Birmingham, Alabama. I actually just got back on Sunday. It's such a cute city and it was really fun for me because my family lives there. So it was kind of a double whammy for uh, family time as well as work. And I got Julie back helping me co-host today temporarily until our official co-host starts next week. Julie, you want to say hello? Yeah, Molly. Hey, everybody. I feel like it's been so long since I saw you. I'm excited to be back. My name is Julie, for those who don't know me. And I've been a home brewer myself for about a dozen years now, which is wild to think of. Um, So beer is definitely something I am super passionate about, excited to talk about and teach about. And I'm really happy to be back here. And as all of our beer club members know, you got some fun little inclusions. So as always, we have our brewery map. So this will highlight all of the breweries in Birmingham, the ones we're featuring, and even some that were not. And then on the back, you have some fun facts here. And I think these are always really great. It just can help sort of inspire some travel. And we are focusing a little bit more about beer in our beer club boxes. And we started adding these fun facts about the brewery too. I think these postcards are so super cute. Our marketing team did a really knockout job. And so if you turn it over on the back, you can see all the featured breweries. And then there's just some fun facts that I hunt down for you guys to further entice you to visit these amazing cities. So the one for Good People Brewing Company was great. So Good People was the first Southern brewery to can craft beer. The name Good People is derived from the people using the word good people in the South as a descriptor. So for instance, those brews less traveled members are good people. And I would agree. So hopefully you guys find that fun. And as always, we have a super great guest today, David Karn, who is a brewery and distillery attorney and general counsel for the Alabama Brewers Guild. We'll be introducing him a little bit later, and I'm super pumped to chat with him again. Some exciting news, too, for our beer club members. Some of you, this might be your sixth month with us. We decided that something we'd like to do is start to give you more beer because who doesn't like more beer? Um, We actually just did a survey with a lot of our members to see what was going well and what, you know, what we could do to improve what we send out. And it seemed like people are really excited about the beers and about the breweries and about the city. So we're really trying to focus on that. And one of the results of that survey is instead of getting six beers or 12 beers, you are getting eight beers or 16 beers. So 
the more beer, the merrier, I think. Uh, so, I so the ones, um, the beers that we'll be drinking today, we have the Muchacho Mexican Lager and the Mumbai Rye IPA. You might also notice on the schedule that we had Oktoberfest listed. Um, I will say this, the story makes me think of something and I'll get to it. So when I was just at Target recently, it was like the day before Halloween and I was looking for some candy because of course, as a very busy mom, the day before Halloween is when they go buy candy to put out and they had Christmas decorations up. So this beer that we were supposed to have was out of stock. It's only like November 1st, but they're already on to like holiday beers. So we are going to be doing this really good Mexican lager instead that I'm super excited about. Yeah, it's going ahead and uh, getting us ready for summer. We're just, <laughs> yes, yeah, just, just like, let's just skip forward. We're just going straight to the summertime. I'm ready for those, like those gozas and the kolshes yeah. just bringing my way. Speaking of this gorgeous Mexican lager, Julie, want to go ahead and crack it open with me? One thing I love about a Mexican lager is it's so beautifully effervescent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these bubbles are just like, just like constantly rising up up off the bottom. That's really cool. Oh man, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, Julie. Cheers. Happy to be back. I'm happy to have you back. Mm, This smells great. Yeah, it does. And like a Mexican lager isn't necessarily known for having like a very strong aroma, but I feel like this one, you get that. It really just, I'm just ready to drink it. It smells really good. Yeah. It's almost got a little floral on the nose, like just a touch. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's so refreshing. It's one of those beers that you can just kind of have so well with food, mm-hmm. just kind of like a nice light, you know, almost like mm-hmm. a lunchtime beer. I love that. That's Ooh, it has super- that nice, like bready kind of aftertaste I'm getting. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of lingers more than you would expect. It's great. Yeah. Almost like corn tortillas. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I just, I just really want tacos. I'm just making everyone hungry (laughs) and a little bit more about the spear. So it clocks in at 4.8% ABV, just 18 IBUs. So not super bitter. And they're using Columbus and Liberty hops. I'm not super familiar with those. And this is a great way to get familiar with those hops because they're displayed so delicately in this beer. And Good People calls this the easiest drinking Mexican style lager known north of the south of the border. And it really does just have like a nice, clean and smooth finish to it. There's kind of like some residual sweetness. Yeah, this is a solid Mexican lager. I'm really enjoying it myself. It's just nice and straightforward and light, kind of exactly what you would expect, but super satisfying. But uh, while you guys enjoy this beer, I want to share a couple facts about Birmingham with you, but I also really want to highlight some fun things to do to make this segment a little bit more specific. I'm going to just call it Molly's Fun Things to Do. So this way, when you go to the city, not only do you have breweries to visit, you also have some other fun things to go do in the day. So since 1999, Birmingham has hosted the Sidewalk Film Festival, where independent filmmakers can share their films. And USA Today said that Birmingham was, quote, one of the 10 great places for a fabulous film festival. And this will be taking place in August this year, and their schedule will go live in July. I'm going to try to make it. I told my family all about this. I think it sounds so fun. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. I actually have a degree in film, so I've seen my fair share of, of shorter films and you know art, art house films. That sounds really fun. Uh, maybe I'll try to make it out there, too. It's not, not that far from North Carolina. 
Um, so Birmingham's also home to the oldest and largest Veterans Day celebrations. So definitely a timely fun fact and timely thing to do if you're in the area coming up this next week. Definitely fun things to do. Birmingham's got great food and, you know, it's just, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to do there. And while you guys enjoy this nice, refreshing beer, let's learn just a little bit more about good people. I'm actually wearing a shirt from good people right now. Um, yes, it is a double XL. Yes, it is pajamas. Yes, I am ready for bed right now, guys. You have, you have, <laughs> the, best, you have the best job, Molly. <laughs> and beer in my pajamas. Literally, I know. I was like, this is kind of massive, but I was like, I'm going to wear it just because it has that cool truck on it. I liked their logo. They had some fun merch there, but uh, Good People opened in 2008 in Birmingham's Parkside District. They were actually the first craft brewery in the state of Alabama. They're also the oldest and largest in the state, too. And it's directly across from Regions Fields. So that is kind of a perfect place to hit up after you go see the Birmingham Barons baseball game. I really love seeing Regions Field. I don't know why. I'm not a huge sports fan, but for some reason, whenever I visit a city, seeing their home sports field feels just really special to me. And it kind of gives me like a sense of play. So I thought that was really cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. So I lived in the Pittsburgh area for a long time and just going to PNC Park and just looking out at the city skyline and the rivers, you know, I wasn't even necessarily there to see the pirates because like who goes there to see the pirates, but I was there to see the city and it's just like, it's a great view. So I definitely can understand that. As far as Birmingham goes, City Brew Tour is one of our sister companies actually just opened a franchise there. So that's a great way to go see a city. I think just this past weekend or so, they had their first, uh, their grand opening weekend. So if you head down there and you're interested in seeing these breweries in person, that is a great way to do it. Um, if you do go to Good People when you're down there, I definitely recommend their Snake Handler Double IPA. So it's 10% ABV, so pretty heavy hit. And I see Molly giving two thumbs up, 100 IBUs. So one of those really, really kind of hop forward beers and is brewed with some awesome hops, Cascade, Chinook and Simcoe. And apparently it's their most requested beer. And I know Molly, you said you tasted it and you loved it, yeah? I did, yeah, it was really, really good. There was such a friendly bartender there and I'm blanking on his name. He was so helpful and so sweet. And, you know, he just kind of gave me a rundown on a lot of the beers. And he said, this one is our most requested beer. So obviously I had to try it, delicious. Kind of the opposite of what we're tasting right now. It was just like Mm -hmm. really high alcohol, you know, kind of like nice plush mouth feel definitely hop forward, delicious beer. I mean, good people was great though. Really nice vibe there. Loved my experience, but, um, I got back on Sunday, which was Halloween. So I didn't really get to do much on Halloween because my flight was at 7am. So I woke up at 5am. So I was a little zonked. I did go see a scary movie, but I want to know what everyone did on Halloween. Did anyone do anything super fun? Julie, did you, I know you have a, you have a little boy, so I'm sure you were trick-or-treating. Oh my gosh. So much trick-or-treating. I think I got so many steps in. Um, yeah, we went trick-or-treating. He wanted to dress up like uh, a creepy hockey player. So he's not allowed to watch any of the big scary movies, but he knows all the characters. So he kind of wanted to be Jason. And I was like, he'll just be like a, a creepy hockey player. So he was, he, he did that. And uh, yeah, we went trick-or-treating. We were probably out for a few hours and, you know, we hit up our neighborhood, hit up a, a neighboring area with some bigger houses and really, really got lots of candy. So we're, we're going to be, we're all going to be eating that for a long time, I think. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw uh, Mary Catherine, my co-host from last month. She did a super fun like Halloween candy and beer pairing. I thought that was super cute. Oh yeah, that sounds great. So let's go ahead and open this Mumbai Rye IPA now. Gorgeous red can kind of blends in with my shirt. Oh, I love the, uh, I love like the design of their pickup truck on this one. Yes. How cute. I know. I love the pickup truck. Ooh, gorgeous color. Mm -hmm. I feel like this might be our first rye beer in the box. That's This color is beautiful. This one also is just like super bubbly. I love how. Yeah, I actually had to pour it away from the the screen a little bit because it was was kind of bubbling up. But this is gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Occupational hazard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's got a nice kind of resin aroma. I'm getting Mm -hmm. that. That is my kind of IPA. You know it. Yeah, I do love rye. It, It definitely kind of just balances it out. And so this one clocks in at 7.40% ABV with 71.9 IBUs. This is one of good people's longest running seasonal ales. They launch it in the fall and it really is like a nice fall IPA. And they go really heavy here with the Columbus and Mount Hood hops during the boil. They also dry hop with it as well. And yeah, it's got that really resiny aroma. I'm enjoying this a lot. Yeah, me too. This is definitely the, you know, I always lean towards the more bitter West Coast style IPA and these these hops are uh, pretty typical in them. And yeah, really, really tasty. I've been going back West Coast a little bit too. I kind of change it up and it's really, it's kind of spicy and earthy. I feel like this beer, I feel like it would pair really well with like Thai food. It's a very autumnal IPA and that rye malt really kind of grounds and balances this beer. Yeah. I think if you had it with the Thai food too, it would even like accentuate that spice. So if you like that super spicy food, having this with it, the the hops in it will make the spicy seem even heavier. Yep. The capsaicin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's take a beer break. Since we're drinking a rye IPA, let's talk a little bit more about the use of rye in beers. So rye will add a strong hoppy character and often a tangy or spicy note to a beer. It's become increasingly popular in America and Europe alike. Because of the rise in popularity of its use in other food and drinks, brewers decided to start using rye in beer. Rye is known to be a little bit harder to brew with because of its high beta-glucan content. High beta-glucan content can make the filtration of the wort a bit more challenging than usual. Brewers, however, will push through this challenge because of the complexity that rye will add to a beer. It's often a bit more crisp, plus it adds a beautiful reddish copper color. Rye will also give a nice dry finish. Typically, the mouthfeel is smooth with a medium to medium high carbonation. It will not overly be astringent though. However, the bitterness and spiciness might linger just a bit longer than another IPA. And the IBUs will range from 50 to 75. The SRM ranges from 6 to 14. And the ABV will range from about 5.5% to about 8%. Now, let's get back to the episode. 
Let's welcome on our guest this evening, David Karn, brewery and distillery attorney and general counsel for the Alabama Brewers Guild. David, how are you? Hey guys, doing well. Hey Molly, Julie. Hey David. Uh, yeah, good to see you. Cheers. Again. Cheers. Cheers. What are you drinking cheers. right now? So yeah, I, so I'm not drinking the the rye. Uh, or the muchacho. Um, I, I, I'm drinking one of the, one of good people's first beers. They're pale, just as the first. They, I think I think their first couple of beers, at least canned beers, were they're pale and they're brown, and then of course an IPA. So just with you guys kicking off Birmingham and 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 Birmingham's oldest still operating brewery. I, I, Molly, I told you before that the year before. 2008 when good people got started tragically a brewery that was that was a little before its time and in Huntsville burned down so that that took us back down from one brewery in Alabama to zero and then good people picked up the torch nice. in 2008 so shout I'm out so to excited. Old Town Brewing Company in Alabama rest in peace absolutely and I'm glad good people opened and did what they did because they make amazing beer. And so David, how did you get into the craft beer world? What is your origin story? Yeah. So a month after I started practicing law also in 2008, in the fall of 2008, I got a telephone call from a close friend that said I wanted that he was going to start a brewery. And he asked if I would like to be his attorney. Of course, I'm a month in to practice. I didn't really know how to do much of anything much less start a brewery. So I said, I, I don't know how to start a brewery. And he said, uh, well, I don't either. Let's figure it out. And that was the uh, the start of it. Nobody really knew how to start a brewery because, um, you know, there, there weren't any. Come to find out good people was, was they hadn't opened yet. And, and they were working on things at the very same time. I got to know uh, their attorney, get to be friends with the good people crew. And, uh, and, and so that my buddy is, was Jason Wilson, the founder of Back 40 Beer Company. And uh, we uh, ended up debuting in 2009 at the, the Magic City Brew Fest in June of 2009. So the next summer after Good People opened. Yeah. And I know you kind of did some other work with Back 40 and you told me a fun story about that the other day. Do you want to retell that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there is a Back 40 location in Birmingham now, but the the, the original location is in is in Gadsden, Alabama. But actually, the the true original location when we started in 2009 was 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 in Birmingham, and it was actually my personal storage unit. Uh, it's a long story, but but we we started. Uh, this was the the recession, just a bad time to start any business, and uh, so so we had uh, some investors that understandably had cold feet. So we started with much less money than we would have liked to. So transition from a plan of, of opening a, you know, a, a, a smaller brew pub style or micro brew operation, very similar to what good people did when they first started at their first location. But uh, we had dramatically less money from when we were planning things because of the recession. So we, but we had enough money to buy grains and stuff like that. And we had some friends that had some excess capacity in another brewery. Uh, so we contract brewed and uh, which is a very storied thing. It's been around for a long time. Boston beer company, Sam Adams, they contract brewed for, for decades, Terrapin contract brewed for, for, for a long time, but Alabama had never dealt with that. And we had to figure out how to do it with the ABC board. And we ultimately figured out we still had to have a physical location, even though we were going to be using, you know, someone else's brewery that was actually out of state. So I said, well, is it, would a storage unit do? 
And they said, as long as the zoning is okay, uh, then sure. So I actually had to change storage units because my storage unit at the time did have a law that you couldn't manufacture alcohol in a storage unit. And uh, but the city of Bur- that was Hoover, the city of Birmingham proper did not have any such law. That's oh, hilarious. They were like yeah. on to you before you even started. That's where my family lives, by the way, is in Hoover. But that's oh, yeah, yeah. that's funny that that was like a very specific law that they had. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, what? Yeah. How did you I wonder know? why. I wonder why. Like, there must have been some reason there in, well, in Hoover. They're like, mm, we better I, make a law about this. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and of course, at the time, actually, uh, homebrewing was was illegal anyway. But um, it, it, it was just one of those things. And we weren't going to actually make alcohol in there. And uh, it, so it, it would have been a non-issue. But just in an abundance of caution, we we, we set up in, in Birmingham. So in Lakeview storage. So had, like had the alcohol license in there and everything like you're supposed to have. ABC Ward came, took a picture of it. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Well, I think that's an awesome story, and I love your tenacity with it. And I'm curious, as an attorney, what are some of the main needs of your brewery clients? Yeah, so probably the biggest one is, so I work with a, 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 a small law firm now. A, I started with a large law firm. Brewery, generally, craft breweries, at least, are, are smaller businesses. They can't afford law, law firm bills, so they'll generally avoid attorneys, uh, a lot of them will, at least until they absolutely need them. Um, So one of the things we do in our firm is to try to make sure that, uh, that, that clients are comfortable communicating with us as much as possible without fear that the, the lawyer billing meter is running because alcohol being such a highly regulated industry, there are things you need to know before you really do anything, before you form your company, before you choose your your in, in investment partners. Um, it, th- th- there are just several things you need to consider, things that need to be in the, the governance documents for your company, you know, your operating agreement, your bylaws or whatever. So we try to make sure clients understand or just educating the brewing public generally, hey, don't be afraid to call us to engage us or please engage us as soon as possible to save you a bunch of money down the road. Uh, and then the other big thing is trademarks. Breweries like or brewery owners and brewery workers like to sit around and have a couple of beers and be inspired to come up with the coolest next best name. And then they just won't Google it to see if anybody else has it. And that causes problems down the road for, for, for everybody involved. Yeah. And is it different from that of a distillery? Because I know you also work with distilleries. I'm just kind of curious if that's. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, so Al- Alabama is a control state. There are uh, a little under half of the states are have some form of control primarily for liquor not for beer or wine. And what that means is that the state controls the sale of the, the they're, they're the, so in Alabama, the ABC board is the sole distributor of liquor, period. Uh, there are some quote unquote wholesalers of liquor, but, but at the end of the day, everything has to go through the ABC board. And then at the federal level, there are a lot more um, laws and regulations regarding what you could call your product. You know, if you want to call it a bourbon, there's some specific things you got to hit. If you want to call it a whiskey, a lot of other things. And for for beer, of course, you know, it, and, and it's and it's really fascinating to get into it because like there are different, the IRS, the, the Internal Revenue Code actually defines beer differently than the Federal Alcohol Administration uh, or the Federal, yeah, the FAA Act, not to be confused with planes flying. So it just, you know, 
nuances all around. For the most part, the control state aspect uh, is the biggest differentiator in Alabama, at least. And in a lot of states, it's like you can get your beer and wine license, but then a liquor license is different. So they really do treat those separately. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. In Alabama, though, it is one license for all of them, but there are different licenses at the federal level. So if you want to if you want you got one manufacturer license in Alabama, but at the federal level, you have to get a license for beer and a license for distilling and a license for, for wine. So. You know. Yeah, it's all it's all super complicated coming you know from our perspective as as sending beer out. We've run into issues where we want to set you know, like people want to do a private event with us and they want to get beer. And we're like, we actually can't send you beer. And they're like, but we can get wine. And I'm like, I know, but like we I guess we can send it, but you can't receive it because it's illegal for you to receive it. But not for us. It's like so complicated. There's so many different like layers and different you know restrictions depending on what it is. And it's a, and it's the a wild weird, west. The- yeah, the wine shipping in particular is a really weird story. That goes back to a Supreme Court case from 2011, uh, the, the Granholm case, where it, it was really about states discriminating against out-of-state manufacturers. Like they had a wine shipping program, but they basically wanted to give an advantage to the in-state wineries. And the Supreme Court said you couldn't do that. But the, they basically there was a question about whether you could ship wine in the first place across state lines. And by them not saying you couldn't, then everybody's like, well, I guess we can ship wine. Um, and states started following suit and passing laws for shipping wine. But nobody really dealt with, with, with beer or, or liquor. But that's that's all happening. And, and Alabama actually passed a wine shipping law in the most recent legislative session. So um, it's you can ship wine uh, in and out of Alabama now. It sounds it sounds like my eight year old son on Halloween, like he'll go up to the bowl of candy and I hear him saying they didn't say how many pieces of yeah. candy I could take. Yeah. <laughs> like, that happens sure. a lot. They didn't say more. you couldn't take five pieces. Yeah, that happens a lot more than 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 you would think in the alcohol industry. Yeah, sounds like they it. didn't say I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. They're all eight year old children. That's yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Feeling left out of all the beer drinking fun? Don't forget, you can become a Brews Less Traveled Beer Club member if you go to bruvana.com by the 20th of each month. This way, you'll get all the beers that we're drinking delivered right to your door. Plus, you'll get fun information about the city we're exploring that month, as well as all the breweries. You'll also get exclusive access to our weekly live streams held every Wednesday. That way, you can tune in live with me, my guest, and my co-host each week. So don't forget, visit bruvana.com by the 20th of each month and become a Bruiseless Traveled Beer Club member today. I would love to hear, David, more about your work specifically with the Alabama Brewers Guild. Yeah, sure. So um, the, the, the Brewers Guild was was started in, jeez, uh, I'm going to blank on this. It was either two, 2010 or 12. I can't remember. Um, I think it was 10. But uh, got to give a shout out to the, the Dan Roberts was the, the original executive director and the guy behind uh, the, he was involved in uh, Free the Hops beforehand. Free the Hops is a, a, a grassroots organization that uh, that deserves the props for getting legislative reform happening for um, for, for, for craft beer in particular in Alabama and, and, and one major law in 2009 that bumped up the ABV limits from 6% to 13.9% ABV for beer. Uh, and then after that, a, a, a you know, a, an industry 
of, of, of breweries built up. Good people started before that law went into effect. In fact, the, this this pail is, uh, I, th I think it's a little under six. It's not on the can, but I think it's a, a hair under 6%. And then actually, the, so I actually also have back 40s first beer. There was also a pail. Uh, and this was exactly 6%. And the, a fun story here, the first batch of this was brewed on a Tuesday and the the law was passed by the second house of of of, Cong of you know state congress on that thursday so they were two days away from being able to brew over six percent but ever since then the uh back 40s naked pig has been you know exactly six percent and uh and i think good people's is just under that mm -hmm. um but cool. the guild so i i helped dan with the tax paperwork, with the IRS and everything. And I've just been counsel for the guild ever since. Um, and I went in kind of a special counsel role when I'm, I left the large brewery, or excuse me, the large law firm I was with and went in-house with Back 40 for several years and then just kind of was a special counsel. And then when I came back out to go in the firm I'm with now, uh, I went back to general counsel, so. Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like it's like a really unique um, field of law to practice. I think it's really neat. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear more. I know you mentioned like the, the alcohol content of the beer. Are there any other interesting laws that regulate the beer in Alabama specifically? Oh, yes. Uh, so the, the 6% limit wasn't the only thing that was that was bad. Really, the worst one was actually the, the volume limit. We were limited for beer to containers of 16 fluid ounces or less. So you couldn't have 24 ounce beers. And, and most importantly, you, you couldn't have uh, 750 milliliter, you know, wine bottle uh, beers that a lot of European beers come in. And that combined with the 6% alcohol limit uh, limited us to a insane, insanely small number of the world's top rated beers at the time. I actually did a a thought you can go back and find rate beers uh, ratings uh, going back, you know, years in the past. And I went back and dialed in either 2008 or 2009, and we were only able to get three of the world's top 100 rated beers on rate beer because of either a combination of a lot of them were higher ABV, you know, beers, but some, uh, you know, a lot of sours and lambics and things like that from Europe were, were lower ABV, but in the higher format bottles. So that was a big one. Uh, the other big one was manufacturers. And that's with the exception of wineries, winery, wineries are unique in Alabama, um, primarily because it's not a very good place to, to grow the traditional wine grapes. So, um, you know, the, the, they kind of grow, make non-traditional wines, sweeter muscadines, scuppernong, and some of them will, will bring grape juice in from out of state and, and ferment it in state. But wineries had been able to sell their own product at their uh, manufacturing facility for, for a while. Breweries and distilleries could not do that. They couldn't sell to the public, to the consumer, their own product at all. It had to go through distributors for breweries or through the ABC board for distilleries. And that got changed um, with the, uh, I believe in 2010 with the Brewery Modernization Act. Um, and then the gourmet bottle bill, so-called gourmet bottle bill bumped up the, uh, the ABV limits, I believe in 2012 to, uh, from that 16 ounce limit to 25.4, which that's basically 750 milliliter bottles. And then uh, let's see, the other one was, oh, breweries could not sell off premise. We got that later on. And then um, homebrew, that was a big thing. It was a felony to homebrew in Alabama. Uh, and th that's why when you look on the side of 
of good people's or on the top of good people's cans it says legally brewed since 2008 and that's just a nod to the fact that they couldn't even like practice brewing they couldn't home brew without it being it was legal federally but it was illegal in alabama and and that got lifted and uh, and now we're we're like the guild is most it, like we we passed we introduced five bills this year that we there were other alcohol a lot of alcohol bills actually covid kind of you know uh, there was a delivery bill various other things that were kind of covid specific but now we're kind of getting into the minutia that that's a little bit more manu- you know industry specific it's not as not as sexy for lack of a better word for the the consuming public uh, probably the biggest one this year is we did up the limit of off-premise sales that that uh, breweries could do from uh, and and distilleries got a bump too but breweries used to could only sell a case a day per customer for off, you know, beer to go. Now they can sell up to three cases. And what that does is that gets us right at the number, which a, a small keg, a six barrel keg could be sold. So now they can also sell draft beer to, to the consuming public. Uh, so those are the big ones. And then another one that uh, the other big one, again, this is kind of industry specific stuff, but manufacturers that are commonly owned can now transfer beer between their facilities to be able to, uh, to, to serve in another tap room that they have. In, in the state, or even if they're an out-of-state manufacturer license in the state, what that's going to do is that's going to really allow, um, open up the marketplace in Alabama for more second location, you know, your favorite brewery in Birmingham, but you, is in Birmingham, but you live, or even in Atlanta or, or, you know, North Carolina, where you are, Julie, whatever, if they're a manufacturer in Alabama, um, even an out-of-state manufacturer, they can set up a second location in Alabama and then ship some of their beer there to serve there. And that just is is another, you know, it, it's it's another incentive for breweries to to develop industry here. Yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like with the home brewing being illegal for so much longer than it was in other places, maybe they got a little bit of a slower start. But now it seems like it's really kind of Birmingham is coming into its own as a beer city, which is really cool to see. And, you know, from what I've heard and seen, the breweries out there are amazing, the ones that are are doing it. So you're doing great work for sure. Oh, well, thank you. Well, yeah. but I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not making the beer. They're 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 doing the best, the best work. <laughs> you're you're help. You're supporting them and making it. Mm-hmm. As you probably know by now, our podcast is done in the form of a live stream. All of our beer club members get to tune in live with me and ask any questions that they want to me, my co-host, or the guest. We just had a great question from one of our live audience members. Let's hear what it was. Um, we had a question in the chat going back to the Brewers Guild. Um, is it specifically for commercial breweries or is it also for home brewers? I mean, there's certainly resources for home brewers, but it is a um, an industry association. So it is, you know, we, we have brewing members, we have uh, brewery and planning members, and then we have what are called allied members. And those are typically, you know, like uh, suppliers to the brewing industry or service providers to the brewing industry. So, you know, equipment pro- providers, insurance brokers that, that write, you know, complete insurance packages for for breweries and uh, and, and and attorneys you know we're, our firm is a, a sponsor of the an allied sponsor of the guild and there are other firms that are allied sponsors of the guild to other law firms but yeah i mean the, the, probably free the hops is the best um for home brewers and there may be some homebrew clubs and things like that i haven't done much home brewing since i used to go around i was telling molly this is a fun story i used to go around and 
when I was first getting started and I would give presentations and I would have a homebrew kit and I would have, you know, the, the, the malted barley or the syrup or whatever in there and just basically make the wort. And then I would, uh, I'd take a package of yeast and I say, okay, at this point we're, we're not breaking any laws, but if I open this yeast and pour it in here, I'm committing a felony. And, uh, so uh, anyway, I haven't done much home brewing since then, but I have plenty of access to, to beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know that city brew tours, our sister company is an allied member of, you know, various yeah. brewers associations in our different cities. It's great to, yeah. to be a part of that. And there are, you know, home brewer, there's the American home brewers association that provides a lot of you know, right. education and support too for home yeah. brewers. What would you say are some of your favorite things about working in the craft beer industry? You know, certainly the beer, um, and, and, and also the people, you know, the craft beer industry invites a certain breed of, of people that are, you know, fun, just fun people, fun to be around. And then working in that environment, spending your day making a social, social lubricant and then enjoying it. It's just, you know, it's, it's a fun atmosphere and beer, obviously, but the people are the biggest thing for me at this point. You know, I've been doing this solid since 2008. So, uh, most of my friends professionally and just, you know, as a, 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 as an, as an adult these days come from the beer world. Yeah, it's, it definitely is such a community, you know, as far as the industry goes, I feel like it's just really friendly and helpful and people just want to, it's all, you know, for the love of good beer and people, you know, breweries will help each other out and collaborate. It's really, it's a great industry to be a part of. Absolutely. And there's such a nice community vibe in Birmingham. I'm curious, David, what is your ideal day off in Birmingham? I'm an early riser. So even if it's a weekend or a day off or something, I'm usually I'm usually awake in the fives and basically waiting on the the earliest to open coffee shop in uh, Birmingham. And then I'll set up there and I'll I'll just kind of piddle around on the uh, I'm a little bit of a workaholic, uh, so I'll piddle around on the computer uh, until lunchtime and have a bit of, a, a, a bit of lunch. And then uh, actually, you, you mentioned uh, Sidewalk Film Festival. That's kind of my other when I first got to Birmingham is the first thing I got involved in as one of the first junior board members of, of the film festival. And uh, the, they a couple of years, I think they they, they were built it and we're going to open it during covid but it got delayed obviously because of covid but they built a theater that's actually underneath me right now it's in my office and uh it, and it's in the basement of the Pizitz building in downtown birmingham and they got two screens and it's a wonderful theater and i'll go down there and uh have a a beer or two and, and watch a matinee that's kind of my ideal and then hang out with friends later on that's awesome that's one of the coolest days off uh, answers I've heard. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. And um, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. And David, your job is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? Yeah, let me get, let me get a sip of beer. All right, let's Absolutely. do it. That's key. All right. <laughs> Multi beers or hop forward styles? Multi. Cask ales, yay or nay? Yay. Beer you are most looking forward to drinking this winter? Anything dark. A little bit stereotypical. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm ready for a scotch. Um, favorite beer and food pairing? This is where I like hop forward beers. Uh, 
hoppy and spicy, Hop, hoppy beer, spicy food. Love that. And what is your favorite Thanksgiving beer? You know, my, my family actually doesn't drink during Thanksgiving. So really whatever I can get. <laughs> yeah. Whatever I can sneak in there. <laughs> I completely understand. David, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Um, not really just, uh, you know, frequent your local brewery and make sure to also buy their, uh, product at, uh, at your off-premise retailers, your, your, your grocery stores and your gas stations, what have you. Awesome. Yeah, that's very important. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Julie, for filling in today. Hopefully we'll have a new co-host to introduce you to next week, but be sure to tune in next week as we chat with Brad Wilson, the co-owner and director of sales at Back 40 Beer Company. We will be drinking their Naked Pig Pale Ale and Truck Stop Honey Brown Ale. Cheers. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. And this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep. Plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.